What's up, Offset Med listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Offset Podcast. The Offset Med team has been busy working on our future workshop curriculum to engage, educate, and elevate our local performing artists. We know education regarding health optimization and injury prevention practices are often not talked about in a traditional performing arts program. Collegiate institutions and professional companies are now recognizing the benefit and longevity it provides to their performing artists. We continue to consult with performers and host educational workshops to bridge the gap between injury, recovery, and performance optimization. If you're interested in Offset Med hosting a workshop for your team or your studio, let us know at offsetmed at gmail.com or drop us a direct message via Instagram at offset.med. Thanks for listening and let's get on with our show. One, two, one. What's up, everyone? So we've been working really hard to get this guy on the show for the longest time. Our listeners may know Miguel as one of the leading physical therapists at the Mild Detox flagship location in West Hollywood. Prior to working with Mild Detox, he was a clinical instructor and faculty member for the pre-PT program at Cal State LA. Miguel is not like most PTs because he's a freaking unicorn. If you didn't already know, in addition to being a PT, he was also a professional dancer competing with Boogie Bots on America's Best Dance Crew. McGill started his dance career as a b-boy, training and competing in the Washington DC breaking scene. He then joined Culture Shock DC and was introduced to numerous styles of dance. After his time on America's Best Dance Crew, McGill decided to leave the world of reality TV dance as he honed his craft and taught across the country. This man has been a role model, an inspiration for me personally, I have also been fortunate enough to be one of his patients in clinic as well. Professionals need professional help too. So without further delay, I am honored to introduce my good friend, Dr. Miguel Amario onto the show. What's up guys? Thank you so much for having me. Glad we could finally make this happen. That's true. You're a hard man to catch. I just, uh, schedules never line up. That's all. That's all. I'm not, that's the reality of being an adult. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like me time. It's like, oh, I need a schedule for friends. Okay, I need a schedule for family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. That's true. I guess what's kind of going on in your world right now? Um, Not much, man. Just trying to really um, stay stay present in the clinic, you know. Uh, one thing I've been working on a lot is making time for, like, a creative outlet outside of, mm. outside of dance, outside of, um, or just time outside of work. Not a ton going on right now, to be honest. <laughs> this is this is like adult life, right? When you most of your schedule is that like forty hour work week grind. Yeah, yeah. I mean everything I feel like everything that's going on, you can relate it back to work at, at some capacity. Reading, yeah. listening to podcasts. Um I honestly haven't listened to a lot of music lately, just or new music at least. Wow, a dancer that's not listening to music all I the know, time. I know, I know. It's it's been a lot of um Audible and mm, okay. um, podcasts. That's what I've been doing a lot. And we are not sponsored by Audible. Yeah. You cannot <laughs> get your free audiobooks. To us. <laughs> Just we'll take it, it though. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, has it been kind of hard to find something that you're just, just not work related or not geared towards work, even on like the subconscious level? Because you seem kind of, kind of mention everything kind of just ties back to work. Uh, no, I'm maybe we're. Um, getting ahead of ourselves in, in eh. terms of topics, but <laughs> I've, I've, um, one of my mentors, um, is our, uh, chief operations officer, Nick Lowe. He, um, he has a really good outlook on work-life balance. Mm. Um, and not trying to find a balance, so to speak, but if you're working, you're working. If you're not, you're not. It's simple as that. Like not feeling guilty for doing either really. Like if I'm, Working a lot, I'm not feeling guilty for working a lot. And if I'm chilling, I don't feel like I should be doing something else. And that's actually harder than it sounds for me, especially because I want to, you know, I'm at the stage of my career. I'm, I'm pretty new as a physical therapist. I'm pretty young in terms of years in mm-hmm. the game. So I always want to um, do well and prove like, uh, prove my worth uh, to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so... Um, when I'm not at work, I'm, uh, I feel like, oh, I should be doing something, especially at, 
admire where where it's it's almost like a startup in that sense and we you want to you want to grind and you want to work hard um so when i'm not at work or and i'm not doing work related things i'm trying to be better at just um being okay with not doing those things and just being present in whatever it is i'm doing yeah that makes sense man i mean that's a perfect segue into kind of like our next question i feel like a lot of people don't really know what that process is like to actually get involved with mild detox you know they're big name big company um it's been stated that they're disrupting the rehab industry uh for what it is and i think you know some people they they know what working in this industry is like others maybe not so much so if you could kind of give your overview about uh mayo and kind of what they're doing yeah, um well how I got involved. Honestly, um like everything this these days, uh, slid in somebody's DM. <laughs> no, I um I messaged Vin. I um first name Vinny, last name Rehab. Shout out. <laughs> Vin. Um I messaged him on on Instagram cuz I I had been following him for a while and um I really liked his approach and the way he was um looking at the body as a whole, which was something we didn't get in our curriculum, um, you know, just because it's it's entry level. They teach you to uh, the um, your foundations, and um, they teach you your foundations well. But it was a different approach, and that that's what really got me uh, interested. So I messaged him and and was curious if he was going to ever be teaching in LA and it just so happened that he was uh coming down to teach a course like a few months later and so I um excuse me I paid for the course and um honestly it was it was probably some of the best money I've ever spent just because of not only the content like getting to learn from him but also um the connections that that it fostered Mm. And not not just connections in the sense that you know you meet other professionals, but connections in in um, like minded people. With the, uh, I guess for those that are familiar with the brand and kind of seeing his presence on social media, it'd be really quick to assume that it seems to be looking like all massage work, or like really simple solutions to correct complex human problems like malalignment tight neck syndrome, text mm. neck syndrome, mm-hmm. all that things. Mm-hmm. So I guess what what is what is your perspective on it? Because you kind of had your own treatment philosophy prior and then you went through the course, you went through the training, now you're working there. What do you think makes it different and do you think people are wrong to assume that? Um, I would say the main point of where the breakdown in communication happens with the assumption or, or what, how things can be perceived on social media is, especially with Vin, it's very consumer facing, right? And the general public, not to not to um, talk down on the general public, but it's one, it's social media. It's supposed to be like quick little things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supposed to be at, in a language that people can understand, right? That the general public can right. understand. Not everyone's got time and money to just drop four years on medical school or two, three years. Uh, right. And school. I mean, some people just don't really like the jargon of, of medicine. Mm-hmm. And he's very good at speaking the language of the general public. And that's where I think other practitioners see that and they have their own opinions about it for better or for worse. And that's where where it can be a little tricky because that's it's not made for them in mind right right like everybody has an audience and you're never going to please everybody but that's the perception is not always the reality Mm -hmm. right that's true i mean i guess like how how have you approached social media in that sense because you've kind of seen the the way when you try to put information out there like you're you're trying to serve it for like a a certain patient or um i guess like person that you you craft it for for you you know do you are you do you like to partake in it do you feel like it's you know something that's necessary in Mm -hmm. this like industry now i think it's oversaturated right now to be honest with you um the whole do this to fix this 
there's so many iterations of similar things, right? But again, it's who are you talking to? Just because there's a lot of people doing it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You know, you attract a specific audience and that audience deserves to hear those things, even if they're foundational, very basic level things, Mm -hmm. basic level like mobility guidelines or strength training guidelines. You know, people will gravitate to your page or your social media based on numerous things, the personality, the way it looks, the way the posts are laid out. Me, myself, personally, I, uh, I kind of got away from posting like exercise videos and, and things of that nature just because, I don't know, it was more, I felt like it was detracting from my presence face-to-face in the clinic, right? which honestly is more important. But when I would do stuff like that, it was very much like, these are the things I do to fix whatever XYZ issue I have had, right? I don't like making broad, general sweeping statements. That's just me personally. So how can I do that in a effective way for people who may have had similar issues or or looking to do similar things to what my goals are? So I'm only, it's all anecdotal to a degree, like Mm -hmm. social media, right? And I can post all the the research and and all this and all that. But again, I felt like it was, it was too distracting from from um, my day to day, and that's just how. That's just again my personal thought on it. I guess like what what are some of the the thought processes and things that you've learned just from working with a wide variety of people? Because I know you've worked with dancers, you've worked with general population, you've worked with athletes, a really big demographic. So I guess kind of talk about your experience about all that. I think. My strength as a therapist has uh, come from years of, of teaching dance and learning dance mm. from like being in the studios, being in rehearsals, knowing what an effective and good teacher does, um, the habits they cultivate and how they control the class, how they control the rehearsal, how they talk to you as a, um, a student in class or a, a team member. And so... I've been able to kind of curate the things I like, the things I don't like, and apply that to how I interact with patients or clients that come into the clinic, right? No matter what somebody's background is, you have to meet them where they're at, whether they're an athlete, a gen pop, somebody who just does um, circuit classes on the weekends because they're too busy during the week, Um, somebody who's traveling all the time and they just... They just want to get active again. They're still a person at the end of the day, right? No matter what their level of success in the realm of arts or fitness or what have you, they're all going to have goals. They're all going to have things they want to do better. Um, they're all going to want to, uh, some people are going to want to alleviate pain, right? Mm. That that's, that's like everybody, no matter what their background is. So, and, that, and that's something that, again, I've learned from continuing to be a student. I think that's what's made me effective and that I think that's what's um, helped me in the clinic. That's true. I mean, I feel like it's, it's almost been like a year having worked with you too. Almost. Has it been a year? Has it been? Maybe like half a year. <laughs> my, my sense of time. Yeah, I think half a year, dude. Been we've been, we've only been open since January. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably half a year. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. I came to see Miguel, uh, for my own uh, injury at first, and it was, you know, my foot. Recently, it's been like my upper body, but every time, it's he'll he'll try something new, and um, it's always something that I either haven't seen before or have like briefly touched on and expanded my knowledge on. So, I know uh, some people may have some questions about the black wedges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know uh, I, I got to experience that firsthand, but if you could explain and elaborate the black wedges. <laughs> um, I like to, uh, and this, uh, so let me, let me take this back. <laughs> We're talking about like the wedge work in, in general. I learned this. Not the shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned this, um, Vin, Vin taught this to me. Um, and it's essentially a tool that helps almost like sensory motor feedback of what's going on in your feet. At least that's how I view it and that's how I use it, right? I'm not realigning anything. 
maybe temporarily in the same way putting an orthotic in your shoe would realign quote unquote what's going on in your foot so it it's more like a training tool that you eventually want to get people off of or you can use it as like a, a daily yeah, a daily uh mobility practice right mm-hmm. it's it's just a sensory motor feedback of getting your foot to do what it should do when you're bearing weight you know yep it was definitely a good way to vary up my training on top of weight training and mobility work and all that i guess for those that are maybe interested in coming to do a session with mild detox how would you run us through an evaluation process because even i know each therapist will have their own tricks and tools that they'll use things that they look for even though everyone's gone through the same type of training right we have taken away certain things so uh what what are some things that you know you specifically look for or run a person through um Part of me wants to preface this whole thing by saying pain is multifactorial <laughs> and the bi- biopsychosocial model is very important and pain science is, is real, right? So I'm only talking in terms of biomechanics right now, like keeping all of those other things um, in mind, right? I'm only talking about what I like to look at in terms of like a physical evaluation, not, of course, the history is probably the most important thing. Um, somebody's background what they do what their goals are yeah, right the like whole. the person the person as a human aside from their physical ailments yeah that's number one should be uh prioritized mm-hmm. but if we're talking about like all right what kind, what do i like to see in terms of movement or in terms of like table tests number one like to watch a person walk mm-hmm. um squat and that squat without a cue like do it a certain way, no cueing. Just show me what it looks like. So I can just have an, a general idea of what their idea of what a squat is. Right. right. Overhead reaching, toe touch, not for the sake of like hamstring length, but you know, how does how does the spine move as it's flexed, right? Static posture, right? Static posture, all that tells me is where does the person's brain perceive their comfortable position at Again, quote unquote, rest, because we're never truly at rest if you really want to go there, right? We're always like shifting weight, whatever. But but relative stillness to walking around in the world, right? right. That just tells me where where their body likes to, to fall, right? I like looking at um, the axial skeleton. Lately, I've kind of been going that route, meaning hips, pelvis, ribcage, spine. Mm-hmm. That's very, very uh, PRI-based mm-hmm. assessments. Looking at uh, hip ranges via table tests, shoulder ranges via table tests. What does, and that gives me an idea of like how the rib cage moves, breathe, uh, what breath looks like for them. Full inhale, are they able to achieve a full inhale? Is that person able to achieve a full exhale? Is it all respiring from the neck, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. So I've been, I've been kind of going that route of, of looking at um, rib cage, spine, pelvis as uh, the main drivers of where restriction may or may not be in the extremities. Yeah. Uh, just to clarify, PRI is the Postural Restoration Institute. Mm. And you know, they do a really great and comprehensive job looking at the, like, like you said, axial skeleton, mm. hip and pelvis motion, breath mechanics, all that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's really refreshing when I meet other practitioners that have invested the money and time to continue to pick continuing education courses that aren't just for the credits, quote unquote, just to keep your your license. Like you're actually going to courses that are in in reality like gonna make a direct impact on your practice. I guess like for you, you know, you say like you're relatively young in the game. How how long have you been a physical therapist for? Two years now. Two years a little now. over two years. Dang, man. You got a lot of experience in, in two years. Well, it helps when you're around knowledgeable people, right? And everybody that works at Mayo is is trying to uh, be on their game and, and not just like complacent with um, the way they've been, they've been treating in the past, right? So everyone's trying to be better therapists, be better, um, not just technically, but also also the things that really matter right it's all the people like to use the term soft skills now right i think um, that is honestly the most important thing and everyone's trying to be 
it's it's nice to be around people who are trying to cultivate all aspects of that of therapy in that sense yeah what have you learned from i guess each of the the mentors or people that have like changed your practice so you're talking or you alluded to to nick earlier Mm. about teaching you lessons on work-life balance and Vinny also teaching you like the 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 mile way so to speak i guess yeah what kind of lessons have you have you learned and who do you credit it to oh man um that's kind of a loaded question. You're right. I, I realized that after I <laughs> yeah, let go, yeah. I was like, "Ooh, just that's a, there's a lot." I mean, there's a there's a lot of people. I I will credit my. Um, I, first of all, I want to say all my colleagues, right? Because they they I see them in the clinic, and as far as years in of of experience, I'm I'm one of the youngest therapists. If let me think, maybe second youngest therapist um, in in our clinic and so i look to them very much to to help level myself up right i see them doing well they get very good results their clients love them and i'm like okay what aside from what i'm already doing like how can i better my um myself technically right to better serve my my peeps right my people um so i'll say that first and referencing Vinny, nicolo um andrew sabari he's one of uh he's what's his I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he's he's a he's another big dog in in the Mayo uh, company, and um, they've all dropped a lot of gems. I like to say gems, <laughs> um, a lot of gems on me because uh, you know I, I like picking the brains of people who are way smarter than I. Also, um, I have to say Zach Gabor. I've had a few conversations with Zach. We've had a lot of good conversations on, um, again, soft skills, being a, a critically thinking clinician. I actually was part of the, uh, he has a really good, uh, what's it called? The Level Up Initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, I was part of that last cohort. Was it earlier this year? Um, I think it just wrapped up. Um, it's helped me to just be more sound in my own way of thinking um, and feel um, help me gain a lot of confidence back within the clinic. Gotcha, man. Like, uh, it's very similar to how I remember my parents always saying, always, you know, make friends with the smartest kid in the class, right? Do you think that kind of mentality is common within the PT field? At least based on what you mm-hmm. were talking about just now, like getting inspiration and information from your mentors and those who are smarter than you or know more. I, I don't think that's common as a, as humans, <laughs> Go um, off. Less, Go off. <laughs> less, uh, oh no. Less so in fields where people want to, where your merit can be based off of what you know, right? Mm. And so, by no means am I am I saying this like as a gen. I don't want to single people out or say it as like. Of course, oh, right. All PTs are X Y Z, but I think from things I've noticed, people can be very um, can pigeonhole themselves and think that. Um, I'm the smartest one in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than like wanting to have their views challenged, so to speak, by other people who may disagree. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's not inherent in human nature to want to buddy up with the smartest person, right? I think people want to be the smartest person, but they want to be the man, right? Right? They don't want to. They don't want to. I, I could be wrong, right? But this is just this is just personal <laughs> like things yeah. I've, I've I've noticed. So I think it's getting better. Um, I think as a whole, the profession is moving forward, and and we're really humbling ourselves to to uh, let me say it this way: the 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 job of a PT, a good therapist, is is essentially driving away your business. Mm, I agree. Right? Yeah, because your your goal is to get them back to independent, healthy living. Right, yeah. not to injure them, to make them come back to us. <laughs> oh, yeah, or, or you don't want to drive a culture of dependency, right? right. So um, I think with that being said, everybody has the good intentions of wanting to be good at that, right? But I also think it's inherent for people to not want their views challenged 
and maybe not want to hang out with the smartest one in the room because that smartest one may challenge their current viewpoint. Yeah, I mean, there's. I feel like there's always going to be like a either like an ego fear component to that in human nature, where it's like I want to be safe, mm-hmm. and if someone challenges me, then am I? I don't feel safe anymore. But the ones that you know crave that growth, the ones that want to make themselves better and see that challenge as a as a catalyst for that. I think those are the people that you and I tend to surround ourselves with because those are just, I don't know, just good energy attracts like energy, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is kind of going back into like um, methodology and all that, but I've I've always been the type of person that is really inquisitive by nature. Mm -hmm. I like knowing the whys of why why things happen um, and questioning um, what is the the norms of, of how things are done, right? So I think that's why... I was attracted to Mayo in the first place because it's very unconventional in the terms of, in in terms of strict PT curriculum. It's it's different, right? And so that that attracted me to it. And and things like PRI, which are actually becoming a lot more main. I don't want to say mainstream, but like it, accepted. It's, it's, or... Yeah, yeah, to a degree, right? The principles, at the very least, right? You see that a lot in in um strength training, like Kyle Dobbs, uh, compound performance on Instagram. He's um, he uses a lot of those principles, and I learn a lot from from his posts as well. And it's because to me, that's like finding the root cause of why, rather than just thinking uh, conventional. Oh, somebody has tight hamstrings, let's put them in a hamstring stretch, right? Oh, someone's hamstring is hard, must be tight, or you know, that's that's like you're just out of school, and it can be um, it, you're just stuck in that baseline knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of what drove me to pursue those things as as avenues of information, right? You know, I feel like, like you said, the baseline knowledge is, is great. That's what school set up for you to do. Um, but, you know, our audience and what we do at Offset Med is also pretty unique. You know, we work with artists, dancers, performers that have very, very interesting lives and lifestyles. <laughs> so what has your experience like having been a performer and treating performers now how do you even go about that interaction? Are there like things that you see that happen to dancers or performers that, you know, from a, from your PT background perspective, you're just like, if you could just do these things, mm. you'd be okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, let me think. <laughs> it's okay. Take your back, time. back when, um, when I was uh, dancing more regularly and dancing for like work, which was, not, it's not like I had a like super long like professional dance career in the sense of that I was like booking a ton of gigs, like doing all that. But you know, when I was dancing a lot, maybe like seven days a week, um, I had no knowledge of one how to take care of my body or what that even looked like, right? How to um, I don't want to use the term injury prevention, but injury uh, mitigation, maybe what what that even looked like as a as a dancer and where do where to find those resources other than Instagram did not exist at that time. I'm dating myself right now. Yeah, I'm an <laughs> old man. Yeah. IG wasn't around, so we had to use the intern web <laughs> and find whatever information we thought was good, right? And there wasn't a ton of like strength training for dance or whatever for dance specific or for performance out. Maybe a little bit, but it was it was like take a yoga class or or xyz like very generic and yeah a generic and like things that required maybe extra income that um performance artists don't have all the time like this disposable income aside from their general needs right which is a whole nother conversation of healthcare and money and all that stuff but i think what would be nice for for performing artists now is getting into a good strength training program and not treating your injury prevention as I just need to stretch all the time, right? I agree. That's only half the equation. It is. And I know stretching, you know, is like a, it's like a staple in the dance community, you know? And uh, yeah. <laughs> I think as of recently though, 
I'm am I am starting to see a lot more dancers kind of start bringing like their foam rollers and mm. maybe some some bands from mm-hmm. their PT appointments. Yeah, I see a lot of band bands. Band works <laughs> yeah. now. Um, and you know, not not too long ago, I saw another post uh, from PBT, the Progressive Ballet Technique, and they're incorporating like the use of physio balls and bands. But even to that extent. I think, like you said, there's a benefit to strength training mm-hmm. and resistance training that you can't match with a resistance band or just body weight activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like dance at its most extreme form is is taking your your strength in novel positions and producing force in those positions. Right? If you're not able to produce force in even baseline foundational positions. That could be detrimental to you in the long run without, you know, especially over like fatigue bodies. You've been taking five classes today and then you go full out in every class and then your body's not happy with you the next day. Yeah. And your knee's not happy with you the next day or you tweak something in class, God forbid. Right. You know, you've, you're past your um, your body's tissue tolerance because you haven't done anything to improve its resilience. Mm-hmm. I definitely would say like, you know, chronic fatigue is a huge issue we run to a lot in the collegiate dancers that mm-hmm. I work with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole idea of like energy conservation, mm-hmm. especially if you're taking like a convention that's yeah. like three days long, yeah. classes back to back. Like as a, I don't want to say smart dancer, but like if you know your body and you listen to it, you know, you should be able to almost like pick and choose your fights. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as dancers who want to do this professionally, it's almost like they've unconsciously been told that they need to switch the the switch off where it's like you just got to push and perform and show up. Yeah. Um, and to a degree, that's the name of the game, right? Because that's how people get recognized. You go to a convention and all it takes is the choreographer seeing you in that one class or an agent seeing you in that one class and you're shining. And you're doing great. But, you know, people can run themselves into the ground waiting for that moment, for that time. Mm -hmm. And then they don't have the resources to know what good recovery looks like. Even they foam roll the crap out of everything, you know. Right. Um, They they go to cryo all the time and and they rely on all all those these external factors to help quote unquote recover them right even if they have you know that and that's at the best with with you have the disposable income to 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 even do those those things right but they're not taking care of the um the foundational things like doesn't matter how much cryo how much foam rolling how much of like how long you spend in the normatec boots like those those are like squeezy compression boots like (laughs) i love those things but um if your sleep is off if your nutrition's bad, you're not going to recover well. Like, and those are things you can control that don't take, that don't break the bank. Yeah. Right. And and just like healthier overall lifestyle, without relying on an external factor, can can do wonders for your recovery. I agree. I forgot where I heard this from, but maybe it was us, somebody from Exos, when they said, like recovery is the limiting factor for all these athletes you know mm-hmm. and i i've also gone to a point in my life where you know even though i'm not dancing and making that like my life day to day you know showing up to work um showing up to to school to learn all that stuff like you know it's it's like a a constant battle of maintenance how do you like maintain your optimal attention physical ability, um, mental acuity, emotional health, like day in and day out. Yeah. You know? Without getting too, like, <laughs> philosophical. Right. Here. No, too deep. We can go just, too just deep. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We can go a little deep. A, li- a, li- a shallow, little shallow. bit um, <laughs> out of the shallow waters here. But uh, your mindset governs everything else, right? Like, you, you know, you've seen those people that just, like, push really hard and blah 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 and then and then one day you know they're they're able to do that to a certain point and then 
there it goes. They break down. They quit their sport. They do or what or dance or whatever, uh, or they have a breakdown, like identity crisis, whatever, because they're not taking care of like what's going on upstairs, mm. right? And if that is healthy, I think a lot of the other stuff can fall in line. I agree. Yeah, I mean it's it's like that whole concept of you know if you take care of what's kind of like tried and true almost like i don't want to go like the evolutionary perspective but (laughs) we're we're getting we're getting some people make that argument you know it's like you know this this whole like creation uh has been in the making for like years and years and years and there's there's a reason why we need to eat there's a reason why we need to sleep there's a reason why for all these like biological processes just maintain that big organ in our head (laughs) yeah exactly and it's um whatever that that looks that's different for everybody right some people need to read some people need uh an outlet aside from dance like i don't know draw or write or or whatever hang out with friends hang out with friends that's creative outlet maybe uh, maybe in <laughs> la right it's like with my friends yeah with, yeah with other artist friends yeah seriously <laughs> um but and that looks different for everybody but taking care of uh, like i said um what's going on upstairs how can you be your happiest version of yourself to allow the other tangible things to fall into place right you're not going to want to train if you're mentally fatigue and sure you can push past that but one day you know you're gonna have to pay the price like pay the price in terms of like um your your mental fatigue is gonna set in yeah i agree i mean that kind of bleeds into our our last couple questions for you miguel you know what advice would you give to a young artist listening to the podcast right now if their goal is to stay in the game for the long run stop eating hot cheetos (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know we're in LA, but stop eating. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but again, healthy lifestyle. Do things at your own time, at your own pace. Mm. And do it for your own reasons, not because you want to prove a point to your parents or, or somebody else or want to get recognized to buy somebody else. Do it because you enjoy it. And that takes some reflection right if you if you don't enjoy it are you doing it just to get likes on instagram because there are easier ways to do that rather than like killing yourself like in class all the time and there's easier ways to get social media validation right if you're doing it just for that you're gonna you're gonna quit pretty pretty quickly so getting your mind right getting your rest your your healthy lifestyle um to degree i'm not saying like eat clean all the time healthy lifestyle and getting your mind right means whatever eat that pizza one because you know you feel like you earned it but you know don't like indulge but don't overindulge yeah i'm not trying to like give nutritional advice i'm just saying healthy lifestyle in in whatever that looks like for you right i'll give your body the things it needs to recover from the activities you put it through if you took five class day maybe you should drink a ton of water, right? Maybe <laughs> you should eat something that's going to replenish the energy in your body in in a way that doesn't make you feel gross the next day, mm-hmm. right? And that's different from for everybody. So I'm not trying to give like nutritional advice, but you know, go to sleep at a decent time, right? <laughs> if you know, if you got to wake up early, right? Get enough rest. That's those things that you can control that you don't, you know, you don't have to pay for you don't have to look for an external source you know it all comes from you you can control those things so miguel that was great that was super awesome thank you for sharing that insight we're gonna go ahead and kind of move on to our kind of quick fire rounds questions lightning round (laughs) all right so you ready for this (laughs) maybe (laughs) i'm not even ready for this partial host it says lightning round but it's going to be like a forever infinity round oh, or God. something yeah here we go all right here we the go. fun stuff this is the fun this stuff. Is fun stuff what's the highlight of your professional dance career oh man um that's hard boiling things down into one moment 
getting select in so-and-so's class. It's like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Goals. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Goals. They recognize me. It's like, no. Um, I feel validated. Yeah. Uh, no, honestly, I... This is, this again, this is going to be like a little hippy-dippy, but um, I don't remember what event it was, but there was a cypher. The music was really dope. Everyone was, was getting down. The energy in the room was really, really good. It was like late at night. And I don't even know if this is like dance career, but this is like a highlight that of dance that like sticks out in my brain, right? And um, it was like my round in the cypher. I don't even remember if I got props or not, but I felt good afterwards, you know? Mm. And it just felt like I kind of blacked out. Like I don't remember what I did. And then I saw like someone recorded a clip and I was like, how did I do that? I've, <laughs> I've never practiced that before. It's like, that looked freaking cool. That I looked dope. How did I, how did I do that? Um, and that, that's one thing that really stands out to me, you know, like I was like, how, how that, that's, that's what like really artistic expression probably feels like. Mm. And just being like on autopilot and something right. coming out without you thinking or anticipating, Oh, I have to hit this beat. Or I gotta, I gotta do this like one move. Right, I'm gonna do the whoa here, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like whatever. Right, it's just like all the training led to one moment, and whatever came out came out. And I was like reflecting on that. I was like, that, that's that was dope. You came one with the hip hop spirit. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was house music. So, <laughs> so house is house is a feeling, right? Yeah. House is a feeling. yeah, for sure. Um, let's leave it at that. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's before, let's leave it at that before, before we I get upset like anybody. No, before we get all like metaphysical and. This <laughs> um, all right, next question: What are you currently reading or studying or um, listening to with the uh, audible? With my audible, yes. Exactly. Uh, I have an Audible subscription actually. Oh really? How and much I is think, an Audible subscription? I don't remember. It's like it's, maybe it's really cheap. It's like relatively cheap. Relatively cheap. <laughs> I pay like monthly. It's not like Spotify, remember. right? It's like ten bucks a month. No, it's, it's around a, Spotify. It's around that like that family price. plan. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's around that price. It's it's not it's not that um, expensive. Um, Three books a month for free. Yeah, it's actually really good. Um, what, what I'm listening to right now, it's called the uh, the War of Art. Mm-hmm. War of the Art. The War of Art. Interesting. It's, it's really, really, really good. Um, is that like a spinoff on like the Art of War? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is. I mean, the title definitely is. Um, it's just like getting out of your own way to allow um, your creative self to to do what it needs to do, right? So and and the the audiobook is very like I, I think some parts are a little overproduced because you know they play on like art, uh, war and uh, uh, military terms and they um, some of the music in the background could be very like oh, yeah. I'm watching Saving Private Ryan right now. Um, <laughs> I'm driving from LA right now. I'm not feeling this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just very like lots of trumpets and like drums, and I'm like, what? yeah, I'm feeling it because the messaging is good. But I'm like, all right, this is kind of it's, it's a little too much sometimes. But it, the messaging is really good in that in that book. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Um, what is your morning routine look like? <laughs> Fast, slow, in between. Um, <laughs> morning routine. <laughs> um, breakfast, no breakfast. Uh, yeah, I typically skip breakfast. Okay. Typically. Would you argue that it is you got not all the mom? It's like, why would you skip breakfast? <laughs> why would you each? skip breakfast? <laughs> How yeah. dare you? No, I, there, there was a period in time um, <laughs> where I wasn't dancing and I was just going, um, I was working out a ton, like mm. five days in the gym, like a push day, pull day, legs, like really heavy, heavy, like power lifting type, type stuff. And I was like, doing intermittent fasting and that that habit kind of stuck with me like Mm -hmm. the the skipping breakfast thing gotcha um so yeah i definitely don't have breakfast i have black coffee here in la probably a cold brew Ooh. some people think that's bad because it's not true coffee you want hot coffee All my coffee snobs out there (laughs) i take my vietnamese coffee cold yeah yeah i mean yeah, black coffee. Um, you know, at home I'll just get ready. Um, in the car, throw throw. Um, I'll try to listen to a podcast on like um, something PT or, or therapy or like 
training related to kind of or or um books like the uh the war of art the, something like what I'm, I'm currently reading um just to to kind of get me mentally right for the day so i'm present at, at work mm-hmm. um or getting a little bit of like uh knowledge drip in before before i head into the clinic um and slow drip in yeah. the cold brew that's slow drip yeah <laughs> slow drip man it takes me it takes me like a few listens to get things to really stick and and like toying with it in the clinic a little bit yeah but that's i don't know if i have a routine really oh um i use keels to wash my face oh you're a keels kind of person well i bought it a while ago and i still have it so I don't know if I if I need to be bougie and, and upgrade to uh to what what are the other I bougie mean, brands? Aesop. Aesop is one. It's expensive and they last a while, <laughs> you know, right? You know. Okay. They, um, that's self care. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I'm either well, it's it's, it's funny because my morning routine changes because some days I I have to be at work at six a.m. So I don't really have a routine. I get up and get ready and I I dip right. Um, other days I don't have to be in until like, um, the afternoon where I'll usually get a run in, in that case, or, or, um, I'll train with, um, my guys over at a a movement society, like Carl Flores, J.R. Mendoza, George, Steven, um, they do really good work. So I'll train with them, um, to help, um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm training for the LA marathon. That, that's like one thing that you asked earlier, like what's going on. And I, I don't know why that didn't pop out in my mind but that's what i'm training for not that and, important yeah <laughs> no, it's not, not, not important at all um so i've been doing a ton of running and like they i use those guys to um um help get keep the the strength gains up too um so that's that's part of the morning routine it's either like a run or exercise if i if i don't go in until a little later gotcha yeah cool so uh next question is do you have a favorite exercise Ooh, favorite exercise burpees duh no no i i hate burpees um excuse me yeah um i'd probably say that's a hard one any sort of like split squat variation split squat yeah i think you may have to give an audio description split squat okay like one foot is in front of the other okay so it's like a squat but you have one foot in front of the other so, so lunge. and you bend down well okay technical uh, if, if we're going to split hairs, right? <laughs> people will see it as a lunge, right? right. That's, what, that's what people say. Some sort of variation. But I say split squat, right? You can have the forefoot elevated, rear foot elevated. You can add a twist. You can slam a ball. Some, something that is unilateral to a degree, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. So split squat and for layman terms, lunge. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but for, that, for all those that... That know the training variants or variables. You, you, you know what you know what makes me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, next question: What do you continue to look forward to in life? Well, we're getting deep, guys. Favorite exercise? Now, what am I looking forward to? In life? These are deep. you know it's the LA Marathon. <laughs> I am looking forward get, to that. You get a break question, and then one where yeah, you have to yeah. dig. Well, well. Okay, so the LA Marathon is on March eighth. My birthday is the tenth. So, um, mm. yeah, I am looking forward to that for sure. Double celebration. Yeah, double celebration. Wow. It's um, a celebration of the human body. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I know, I know this is a performing arts thing, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, what am I looking forward to? I would say travel. Um, I'm going to Portugal with my family in December. So I'm looking forward to that. It's um, exciting looking forward to just <clears throat> seeing where this journey with my detox takes me you know we're, we're planning a lot of a lot of big things a lot of good things for the community and i'm excited to um for those things to come into fruition yeah dope all right last one cap it off for our performers listening what would you want to see change in the community in the performing arts community specifically yeah. specifically performing are we talking about dance community or, or performing arts as a whole because that might be two different question uh, answers he isn't wrong <laughs> he's right let's uh let's target it for our dance community okay i'm only going to talk about like 
dance community and and the scene quote unquote uh because that's what i know i don't know like you know other performing arts scenes but um i'm just gonna say authenticity mm. are we talking with oneself originality and style i think with oneself transfers over to originality and style mm. like knowing who you are as a performer and being honest with that and not trying to look a certain way because it's it will garner attention right mm-hmm. um and being your own little weird self and that's um not having to hop on a new song because everybody's doing it and it'll, it'll get you attention maybe you don't even like the song right um and that's what i mean by authenticity it's just um finding really how you like to express yourself in whatever style it is without having to uh um well fear of judgment of how that looks i think that would be beneficial and that's it guys thanks so much for being on the show thank you for having me guys and that was a lot of fun anytime that was a lot of fun i was out uh, to be to be honest i was a little nervous i'd never done a podcast nah, before we're, we're all nervous here. well we did two new things right we're in a new room got doing the new podcast <laughs> You just, we got you ready though. You yeah, that was, that was fun, guys. Thank you for having me. So where can our listeners connect with you if they want to contact you and figure things out? Um, really just social, my only social media is uh, on Instagram, myo, M-Y-O underscore Migs, M-I-G-S. And there you have Shoot it. Shoot me a message. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty responsive. I try to, I try to respond at least. Right. <laughs> The effort's there. The effort's there. Yeah. All right. Thanks, brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to The Offset Podcast. Remember, we're on all major podcast listening platforms such as Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor, just to list a few. Please don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as any feedback is greatly appreciated. If you want to contact us directly, we can be reached via our social media at offset.med or feel free to email us at offsetmed at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope to see y'all in the next episode.